This episode of The First Three Knocks is brought to you by The Traveling Ambassador. If you're looking for custom lapel pins to commemorate a special occasion or your year in the East, The Traveling Ambassador has you covered. With standard or fully customizable design options, The Traveling Ambassador is here to help you through the design process. Visit them today at www.thetravelingambassador.com to begin designing your next commemorative pin or challenge coin. On today's episode, we welcome back Dr. Kim Redman. You're listening to The First Three Knocks, a Masonic podcast in the District of York, where we discuss topics for the betterment of Masonry. The opinions discussed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent the views of Grand Lodge or any other Masonic body. Now, here are your hosts. Well, good evening all. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Here we are back at the Aurora Temple. It is uh, Temple Tuesdays. Temple Tuesdays. Again, <laughs> we normally do Thursdays, but uh, with COVID lockdown still in place here with Grand Lodge, uh, Tuesdays is what we play. Tuesdays played. it is. Tuesdays huh? yeah. it is. I'll take it. I'll take it. Tuesdays. It's good to uh, be back with uh, you, my brethren, and a very special guest here tonight. I am Bert Telly, the past master of the Rising Sun Lodge here in Aurora, Ontario, Canada. With your co-host, uh, Brother Gino Scovio, current sitting uh, junior warden of the Rising Sun Lodge here in wonderful, beautiful Aurora. And Brother Steve Sprott, producer of the first three knocks of Zaradatha Lodge number 220 in beautiful historic Uxbridge, Ontario. Mm-hmm. That mayoral race is still <laughs> ongoing, huh? Okay, we're, we're really excited. We've got a special guest returning to the show who's been here previously, Dr. Kim Redman. Uh, Kim is actually the wife of our very own esteemed, very worshipful brother, Mike Redman, here at the Rising Sun Lodge and in our district. Kim's been on the show before. She is uh, a juggernaut in, uh, in her space, and we're very thankful to have you join us again. Kim is the founder and visionary of Creatrix Go Quantum. She is the country's master trainer of NLP and hypnosis. Nominated as one of Canada's 100 Most Powerful Women, she is the founder of Quantum Leadership and multiple best-selling author. Welcome to the show again, Dr. Kim. Thank you so much, guys. How is everybody doing? Mm. Well, it's uh, COVID time. I don't know if you've heard about this. I have but... heard. I've heard that rumored. I have indeed. Yeah, we're, we're doing well, I'd we're say. We're making do, yeah. yeah we're we, making do. We've, we're uh, we've moved fully, I'd say, online to uh to the show we've had some guests we've had to do some zoom meetings and that's been really interesting because i think in a way it almost opened up a whole new world for us we've had a little bit more reach we've had a lot Mm -hmm. more conversation with other brethren in other parts of the world which is really nice Uh, we've been able to connect and so again although we're not physically able to get together in in lodge settings to do the things we love to do here in the temples um, we're still able to reach out and stay connected so that's that's been great that's been very good more we found that too actually yeah that it enabled us to reach people who would have been uncomfortable or unable to fly mm-hmm. in or spend a week or two or three depending on what level of designations they were getting with us in a hotel 
and for us to be able to reach people in a new way. I think it really allowed us in many ways actually to increase the intimacy that we were having with our clients and that really surprised us. Oh yeah, you weren't expecting that, huh? No, not at all. I mean, we're known, I'm known in the industry for creating these intimate transformational experiences. So we had some huge concerns about pivoting and flipping it all virtually. Mm -hmm. We had been virtual in support of graduates and of some other workshops for a few years, but to put everything as an experience down really required some mentorship. We had some great people who assisted us in that. Out of the box thinking and looking at it as an opportunity. If the universe is throwing this at us, there must be an opportunity somehow absolutely to do connection and to do service in a new way and yes it means rethinking our paradigm and yet isn't that what growth is about anyway mm -hmm. uncomfortable uncomfortable <laughs> let's go yeah. let's do it let's do it yeah so uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your transition how you've you've worked through that over the past few months this was a big event changing your whole model just tell the audience how uh, how you manage that it was huge so first we did what everyone else did and we held our breath figuring, is this going away? <laughs> two weeks from now, we should yep. be fine. Right, yeah. two weeks from now. <laughs> and then we realized, ruh row, mm. that's not going to happen. And we actually petitioned our boards. Our boards had gotten together and set up some criteria for how we might be able to continue in our industry in what had been something that was previously only and exclusively an in-person training industry. Mm. And because we have all of the experience behind us, because I'm the master trainer of the country in NLP and hypnosis, we have a little bit of street cred in being able to provide training and alternate ways of learning. And really that's been my background since 1989. So I had that in my pocket to say, how can we do this? And we spent a lot of time and money and energy making sure that we could create what we're calling online virtual experiences, multi-sensory, highly intimate, really transformational and impactful experiences. And the feedback we've been getting is out of this world. We had some students who came back to audit just to catch up. Oh, wow. It had been a while. Mm -hmm. And therefore they were in both formats originally live in person and now in the virtual experience. And they all said they actually preferred the virtual experience, oh, that it was even more intimate and that blew us away. Uh, yeah. We did not expect that that's at all. That's great feedback. How, uh, mm -hmm. how did you guys pull that off? I mean, mm -hmm. it, just at first blush, it seems like it'd be very difficult to do, to take that experiential experience and turn it to online. How did, how did you do that? Well, the first thing that we did is what you always do when you're doing something new and you reach out for some expert advice, <laughs> part of leadership. And the great news is one of the organizations that I'm affiliated with, the Mavericks, and they're all conscious entrepreneurs. And their focus is on lighting up other sons that can light up other people. And one of their members, that's what he does. He does these extraordinary online experiences. And he offered 
And I took him up on it. And we spent a couple of hours, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I, I have the tech. I know how we can use Zoom. I know how to use breakout rooms. What I want to know is, how do I put music on? How do I create a multi-sensory experience mm-hmm. that says to people, it's safe to come here and learn. It's safe to come here and explore your potential. It's safe to come here and transform personally and professionally. And what he did was gave us some great advice on gamifying oh, okay. part of the experience. So the students, instead of just getting a manual, got a student box. And the manual, um, I just have to give my hats off here to Mike, not just because he's an awesome husband and a business <laughs> partner, but he's so good at coming up with, okay, we're going to move forward anyway, so let's figure out how. Mm-hmm. How do we do this? And he actually gamified their packages with little labels on them, do not open oh, cool. until this time. Yeah. <laughs> we normally provide tea and coffee, so we tossed in Starbucks cards. Neat. A candle for an aroma that you wanted. We're putting together music lists. We had an opening ceremony every day with all of the delegates, just to put everybody in that same headspace because the good news is everyone's home and the bad news is everyone's home. So that means we're competing with- For attention. (laughs) Yes. With with spouses and kids and pets. And how to have shorter blocks in a segment and how to have less time online than we would in person because Zoom fatigue is a very real phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So we learned so much. Uh, things like edible arrangements. Since we can't all get together at the end for a graduation, we're going to send out the graduation oh, cool. to all of the delegates awesome. and their families and then get everybody online for a Zoom party. Right, excellent. You know, things of, of that nature. So you know, you can't do 100% of it. Mm-hmm. You can solidly get 80% of the experience. And then we needed also to figure out how to train people to do techniques that normally would require in-person touching. Can I touch your knuckle? Right. And now people are all over the globe. And how do you do that? And that was fun. And then we created an emergency training. (laughs) Hi, the virtual breakthrough breakout. If you're in the industry, this is how you do this. (laughs) Come on in, you know, and give us a donation for it. We don't even care because the first part of obviously doing business in a pandemic is about giving resources out. Yeah. Help. Help. Help, Yeah. right. How do you help? We're in this together. What do you need? How can I help? I think if I said that a hundred times in the first week of the (laughs) lockdown, that that's probably an understatement. Mm. And that's a very different perspective from people that are doing business. How can I help? We're here as a resource. We want to empower others by doing good ourselves. And you don't, scam people, you don't uh, go for a grab. When people are hurting, you give. And this is how I think we get to show up as leaders Mm. 
and say we're a resource. If we don't have it, we probably know someone who does. What do you need? Everything from charity organizations to local community projects to bigger global projects where we spent a lot of time saying uncertainty increases distress. And therefore, what are some easy techniques that we can use? Um, just tips and tricks throughout the day. Something physical, something emotional, something mental, something spiritual. Yes, meditation. How, how do we do the doing of the do? Right. And we're also now, because of this, although it did get pushed back a few months, in January now we are going to be opening Go Quantum University so that oh, so yeah, many of, right. these, of these courses can just go online now. We learned so much through this process. Fantastic. That is great. We really feel blessed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's phenomenal to see you pivot your business that way, but it, I'm not surprised that you would do this. Not only did you pivot, you accelerated right out of that, <laughs> that pivot. And, and I think part of the natural growth to yeah. the business. Yes. I'm sure that this was a facet that you wanted to include somewhere, somehow, someday. Yes. And unfortunately, we were forced to do the things that we weren't normally accustomed to someday or comfortable with. is now. And there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? I mean, I always, again, these pandemics or this pandemic, per se, actually can bring out really good of people. Not it, always the bad. It really so can. It, I, think on that, I think it gave people an opportunity to reprioritize and is still giving people an opportunity to reprioritize their values. Mm. What's important to them in life? Why are we in business? Well, we're in business as conscious entrepreneurs. And that means it's about the impact we can make and the legacy we can create and the resources we can contribute as well as our own lifestyle. And because of that, I think a lot of the things that perhaps were clutter in people's lives have fallen by the wayside again. And I don't think that that aspect of it's bad at all. I think that that's really allowing us to grow as human beings. Obviously, this is not the ideal environment. It's not the same when you can't give someone a personal hug. Yeah. That's just not the same. Mm -hmm. There are families that are separated. So we appreciate that the trials are there and they're continuing. My own family is in the States. Mm -hmm. And in essence, I can't go. Yeah. Are you staying connected to them? Or are you? We are. We're yeah. staying connected. A lot of phone calls. We even got my 83-year-old dad on <laughs> Zoom. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> A new trick. We got it's grandma a new on trick. Facebook. So there you go. <laughs> He's like, I'm not getting on the computer. I'm Hi, sure. Dad. He's like, I like this. this. Is easy, I can right? see you. <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Yeah, who knew? Well, that's great. Uh, looking back over the past six months now, obviously you've been through a major transition and transformation on your business. Uh, how about personally? How do you see the last six months? How, how has that kind of played out for you? What do you see in the world now? I think personally, it's been a blessing. And I say this cautiously also, because the good news and the bad news of success, however you define success, means that the success can sort of drive your next steps and that can lead you away from your core. Hmm. Interesting. And being in a place where I wasn't able to travel 
to the extent that I had been. Allowed me also to say, well, now that I'm in this place in my life, what do I want the next stage of the business to be? What do I want the next stage of my own life to be? Mm-hmm. What goals am I looking for personally? How do, we, how do we flip so that I'm getting more out of the experience of being a conscious entrepreneur rather than just business as usual? Right. So the change gave me an opportunity to reflect, I think to go much deeper, to be tested on my priorities. Hmm. Did they hold up? They, they did actually. Mm-hmm. There were a few days where I wanted to hide under the bed and I wasn't really <laughs> sure that that was going to happen. And in fact, I think this is in leadership where having a group of people around you is so, so important. Like-minded individuals that, as we say in all of the mystery schools, that want to walk on the white squares and want to do the right thing and for the right reason. You know, what is right thinking and right action and how does that apply to now? And I think because of that, it allowed me to go much deeper into who I am right now how I want to spend my time right now, mm-hmm. and what impact can we make? You know, do what you can do, and just keep on going. Right. Yeah, that's the hard part. To keep on going and do what you can do yes. within your control. And and that's I think an important point too that you just spoke to. What is in your control, and what is not in your control. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can define that, number one, we reduce uncertainty. Uncertainty creates a whole cascade effect of impact on the body and on the energetics of the body, and it's a negative domino effect. Now here we are, we're in uncertainty. We can't change that. We can start to look at where does my role start and stop? What is in my ability to create certainty in? I can create certainty in my home. Mm. I can create certainty in my relationships. I can create certainty in my own routines. I can create certainty in my community, whether that's local or global, by staying connected. Uh, Paying attention to my body in new ways understanding and appreciating what are the signs when your stress levels are getting too high. Mm-hmm. There's muscles tightening, your breathing changes. If someone is watching you, your eyes begin to function in a different way. They close down, they constrict. How do you take breaks? How do you open back up again? So I think really going, well, it's the serenity prayer. You know, what is mine and what is not? Give me the courage to change the things that I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Hmm. And that's always the kicker, the wisdom (laughs) to know the difference. That's the hard part. That's the hard part right there. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to say now that there's just quick, quick tips and and tricks that you can do, and they're really not tricks, they're just very impactful small things that we can do 
to actually have more certainty, have more empowerment in our own lives, and it will allow us to celebrate. Because, oh my goodness, can we celebrate? Yeah. Yeah. It's not illegal. No. <laughs> Someone said that to me. I was talking about how our priorities had been pushed out a few months, and I was frustrated about, about that. And he said to me, have you taken a look at what you've done? Like looking back. Have you looked back? Mm. And I think for all of us, have we just paused and looked at who we are, how we've gotten to know ourselves and our families? Families have reconnected in ways. It's been extraordinary that it's become about relationship rather than transaction. Yeah, well said. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, well and so the first thing that I'd like to say is physically something that everyone can do, and we spoke about it before, but it's such a simple, powerful technique, is the four, six, eight breath. Yes, there's geometry there for those of you who are following. <laughs> there's a four, six, eight breath. And the way that it works is you breathe in for four and you hold for six and then you push out for eight. And even if we did that, as, as goofy as it is, can yeah. you give that a go? Absolutely. Okay, let's so it. let's I'm breathe in. <laughs> Hold on, our eyes closed right. on this one. Is this a- Whatever works for All you. Right. Breathe in for four. One, two, three, four. Hold two, three, four, five, six. Push out two, three, four, five, six, push it all out, seven, eight. And now just take a regular breath. Calming, very calming. Very calming, and if you do three of those in a row, you break the corticosteroid cycle. Could you explain that in layman's terms? Sure, (laughs) so under, absolutely. Under stress, what happens is we begin to go naturally from belly breathing deeply to chest breathing very, very shallowly. And that's also the same breathing that begins to raise our blood pressure. And there's part of our brain that says we do this because a bear is about to eat us. Mm. Because the biology really hasn't changed. And therefore, your adrenals kick in So the adrenaline to push you into action, although there's no place to go because there is no bear that's chasing you. Mm -hmm. And so all of those neurotransmitters and chemicals, which are really toxic to us in long bursts, start flooding our system. And they increase inflammation and they increase woozy thinking and basically everything that's on the bad list. Mm -hmm. So if we can be aware of something as simple as, am I holding my breath? That's a biggie. Am I holding my breath? Where am I breathing from? And go take a, just, that took seconds. Right. It's a quick distraction of all your day-to-day that really, again, stress you Mm -hmm. out. Um, And to do it three times in a row, like you said, just quickly changes that that train of thought and hopefully gives you the tools you need to keep on that new, mm-hmm. better train of thought. Right, let me, let me switch 
the magic yeah. that is the mind body connection. Right. What, what do you say to people who have a hard time getting to that place? As simple as that sounds, the four, six, eight. A lot of folks tend to struggle with just focus on myself for 10 seconds. I like alarms on the phone and sticky notes all over the house and writing on the bathroom window um, or mirror in chalk. Mm. I really like reminders because it's really not that we don't have the tools. It's that all of us, I think, continually need to remind ourselves to make new habits mm -hmm. where we use the tools. Is it almost like having your smartphone give you constant notifications? So you've just created notifications amongst your own, let's say dwelling, your own house, yes. your own positive environment that you could, again, just put those distractions aside and be reminded about your own self right what to kind of better that path right i think we talked about that when dennis was here uh like on the apple watch yeah. every couple hours your apple watch can mm -hmm. have a reminder to to yeah. breathe and then it goes through this breathing exercise with you which is pretty cool and i think a lot of the other like sports watches now the fitbits and all that might have them vivo smart on there, you my go. Wrist. there you go see <laughs> Wow, so there's actual some a good reminder. proper science to all that, and it's, 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 it's really that easy, isn't it? It really is, and for those people who really want to work with something more external, there's something as simple as the muse, and I don't get any residuals from this, <laughs> and it looks like a little headband, and it gives instant feedback by certain sounds, rain versus birds chirping, and you're your job is to breathe until you get all the birds chirping. Oh, interesting. So you're highly focused. Right. And it yeah. gives you insta-feedback. Now, again, on the five-minute scale or less, because I'm big on quick, short things that are simple that we can do, mm. what COVID has taught us is that we all tend to be very sensitive to other people's emotions and the emotions in our environment. And when we're in front of the computer, we're in front of a hertz frequency mm -hmm. that is much higher than our bodies are designed for. Mm. Our bodies are designed to be in nine hertz, which is pretty much the same frequency as Mother Nature. So going outside, and I don't mean you have to hike, although I love that, mm -hmm. just go outside and stand in the grass, even in the winter. That's grounding yourself, right? Right, and literally pay attention to your feet on the ground. I like to combine that with the breath. Because mm -hmm. now I'm doing two things <laughs> at once High in my efficiency. safe. Yeah. High efficiency. <laughs> and just breathe until you get the... <sighs> You're in a different environment. Your body will instantly feel differently. Instead of taking a smoke break, take a breath break. Mm -hmm with the same frequency. Mentally, one of the things that we often say to people is to pay attention to the movie that is running in your head. Your body cannot react in stress while you have a Zen movie, <laughs> which means if my body is all stressed, that means I'm running a movie in my head mm -hmm. with chaos in it. Right or mayhem. And since most of our movies are about the future, technically that means we're all hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> and since we're all hallucinating and making it up anyway, stop 
and change the movie yeah. and make it up good. Yeah, make a better one at make least. Make a better ending. <laughs> Something I mean, we can control, right? You can totally Absolutely. control that. That's the magic of the mind. And as soon as we begin to giggle at ourselves going, I can't believe I'm doing this. It hasn't even happened yet. And are we projecting out a negative outcome or a positive outcome? Mm. And just taking, again, when the alarm goes off, where's my head? Is my head projecting something positive in the movies? Or am I running a negative story? And if I'm telling myself a negative story, my body's listening to the words and chemically reacting the same way. So the words in your head are attached to the chemicals that make your feelings. You touched on something interesting there in terms of um, hertz. When you're talking about frequency, nine mm -hmm. hertz to nature, what, what is a computer screen in relation to that? Like what kind of mismatch does that look like? Depending on how many computer screens and how many devices you have in your office, you can be sitting surrounded by hertz frequencies in the hundreds. Wow, so dramatic. A very contrast. dramatic shift. Yeah. I think that's why we feel the way we feel when we go outside. So is that like that constant resonating of that energy and it's almost like waiting to be overflowing and so you're just like on edge and it's, you're shaking. It's frenetic. We're not, our wiring doesn't have the design for that amperage right. for it. So it's both a volume issue and an amperage issue. And removing ourselves from that, at the very least, remove as many electronic devices as you can from your bedrooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because again, that frequency, they're even more sensitive to that. Yeah. Boy, we've been fighting that through COVID. <laughs> That's been a challenge. Absolutely. Um, spiritually, people tell me, well, I'm not really plugged into a spirituality. Something that you can do that's very simple. It takes about five minutes a day. And the trick is you have to write it down to get the bang for your buck. You can write it down at the end of the day or in the morning about the last day. But it's called gratitude. And I think people don't really get what gratituding, I've, I've made it a verb, I don't know if it is, but it is now, <laughs> gratituding is as a verb and it trains the reticular activation system of your brain, which is your consciousness and your programming center of your brain to look for positive things. Mm -hmm. So it's also involved in the mechanism of the law of attraction for people that are familiar with that concept. Right. And it goes like this. I'm gonna write down five things, just bullet points, that actually happened that day where I experience gratitude. So you don't get to say your kids and you don't get to say your spouse. Now, if during the day you're having a day where you are questioning why you became a parent in the first place. <laughs> Gratitude's hard to come by. Right, on those and, nice right, right. And at night they wrap their chubby little arms around your neck and go, I love you. And you remember why you're a parent. Uh, that's that's the gratitude moment. Yep. If you see a sunset and you pause, and get out of your head, that's a gratitude moment. If out of just wrote, you're holding the door open for a senior citizen, but they touch your arm and they look you in the eyes and you have a moment, that's a gratitude, that's a gratitude moment. The lights staying green on the way to the chiropractor. <laughs> if you have a headache, that's a gratitude moment. 
So knowing that you're going to write down five of them every day means that your brain starts looking for them, which means you actually encounter more of them. The second thing that happens is when you're having a bad day, you get to go back and read what you wrote, and it will put you back in that state. So it's a great way to change your head in an instant. So is it solidifying the thought in your mind for easy access? Is that, is that what it's doing? It will also do that. Hmm. So you can easily recall You can easily gratitude. recall gratitude. Gratitude is also said to energetically be the stream that happiness, health, and wealth are attached to. Hmm. So gratitude has some big spiritual properties when it's not an abstract. How do, you, is, how do you mean? Can you so that means you attach the gratitude to stuff that actually happened ah. rather than the ideas. Right. If I go back on my lists, I know I'm having a rough day if there's a lot of food on it, particularly chocolate and scotch. <laughs> <laughs> there's a pattern here. There's a pattern. <laughs> Other days I might wax poetic. <laughs> Oprah says she does her gratitudes at 5.30 a.m. in the bath. It's a great way to keep your head focused for where you want it to be. Do you want to have a gratitude-filled day at the end of the day? Then begin the day with just a quick 30-second read hmm. of the prior day's gratitude. It reminds me of sitting with uh, George Curry. Yeah. Just creating better files this is how he called it, you know, mm -hmm. files in your head. Take out all the bad ones. And yep. Put in those good ones, and the more good ones, through law of attraction, they just keep coming. And Absolutely. When you have those, those glass glasses half empty days, they remind you how quick that that other half is full. So it gives you that Absolutely. little bit of, I think, reward that you're looking for. And that's what I love about it. the techniques and the tools that we use, because it's as quick as changing the apps on your phone. Yeah. That's the whole point. Change the victim's story into a hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And that takes a tribe and some good, strong people around you walking on those white squares. Yeah. And then do your best to live the life that you were meant to live. I heard someone say it like this. Be the person that your dog thinks you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. This is true. Because I'm a superstar yeah. him. <laughs> Yeah, no matter what, huh? They always have that wagging tail and that, they that do just joy. unconditional love for just to be around you. You showed up. Yeah. You're here. You're here. Everything's better. Everything <laughs> is better. Yeah. And I think for me what this does is without putting pressure on people also reminds us that joy is a choice. Hmm. That health and wealth are also much more in our control than we often perceive them to be. That we have the ability to choose what we're going to focus on, and then we get more of that thing. Mm -hmm. So I think the law of attraction confuses people, if I may, for a moment. Yeah. Because the first thing that happens is, as soon as you say, I want that, It's as if these lasers go out into the upper dimensions in the quantum field and say, yes, absolutely, we're going to bring it to you. The very next thing that happens is you get aware of the gap 
between where you are and where you want to be. And that's where the challenge is. People begin to focus on the gap, which brings you more of the gap, as opposed to focusing on being in alignment with the thing that you're creating. I want a home business. Great. Do you have a home office? Good. Can you clear out a room? No. Can you clear out a corner and stage it? Are you making room in your life for the things that you say that are important to you? So the action part of the law of attraction, actioning the space for the goal, is what the ancients used to call attitude. Hmm. Do you have an attitude of what we would now call abundance? If you're here to manifest and to create, then that means we have the ability to manifest and create. So perhaps learning how to manifest and create is a cool thing. So what if nothing was actually wrong, except we just didn't know how to use the system? Then we start having different conversations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like those conversations because that puts your life back in your control. Absolutely. Full circle to where we started. Yeah. That's a deep insight, as, as always, on a reflecting. Yeah, here I am again, I think the third time now, sitting with Dr. Mm. Kim Redman, and the mind just going boom, blowing she open She does this again. to us every right. time. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So what do you say to those people who, again, I mean, they're, it's a challenge to, I think, get into a, a headspace where you believe that these little things, which are truly so minuscule to do and quick, can actually change your paradigm, your thinking, your forward action. And they say, ah, I mean, I've tried it once and it didn't work. What, what do you, how do you, how do you get into, I guess, the daily routine of creating that routine? Oh, part of my answer you're not going to like. <laughs> well, this is where we got to rip the bandit off and All right, so here we go. Feel it. If we're really going to do this, then let's do this. All right. For people who say, I need to believe it to do it, that's actually a load of hooey. Okay. You decide to do it, and then you'll get enough data that eventually you'll believe it. As a matter of fact, there's already a ratio. Most humans have a two to three times convincer, which means unless you're going to engage with something two to three times successfully, until you do that, you won't get confident. And what they're actually speaking about is their confidence, not their belief, although they are related. Oh, wow. wow. I don't need you to believe that your lungs work. God took care of that. Mm. Whoever you perceive the great creator to be. All I need you to do is to decide to try something new. So my challenge to people who say that is, all right, I challenge you to learn something new. Because if you only keep doing what you did, you're only going to get what you got. Yeah. So one of the questions that we ask in leadership is, is it miserable enough to just whine about it? Or is it actually miserable enough to change it? And then the second question is, why does it have to be miserable at all in order for you to decide to change it? So for people who say, eh, it won't work for me, great, prove it. Right. And if you didn't show up, then you don't get to complain about it. Right. There you go. It's natural. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. 
decide to learn something new and play with it. Not everything works for everybody the same way, that's for sure. However, decide to engage with it to get enough data. And if you haven't engaged with it, then all you're doing is speaking about an abstract concept. You have no real information. Therefore, how can you hold that proper opinion? Right. You can have an opinion. It doesn't mean it's an informed opinion. Right. We know there's a lot of those out there. Yeah. Right. Everyone's exactly. got an opinion. <laughs> is it an informed opinion? Mm -hmm. So really, my challenge to people is to engage. Engage with one small something. Do it for a week. Mm -hmm. See how it goes. Communicate back. I'd love to hear from you. I know you guys have all of our contact information in the show notes. Reach out. I'd love to hear how things are actually working for people Yeah. with that. So, yeah, we're the show up or shush. Perfect. <laughs> that was the PG version of that. That was the PG commentary. version. That was absolutely well the done. PG version. Thank you so much. It is a family show after all. Yeah, well done. <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's true, too, for any new skill. I think yeah. the real put-it-on-the-table reality is what we're talking about here are skills. And skills mean that these are practice things that we do. Mm -hmm. And so if we really want to learn a new skill, we have to approach it as a new skill. So in shop class, because... You know, I took shop class, cause. When they said to me, here's a saw, or here's how I'm going to melt plastic, it wasn't a concept of whether I believed in the chemical properties of the heat. <laughs> it's not if I believed in the angled sharpness of the saw. It was do this, get a result, measure, calibrate the result. Mm -hmm. Take a step. Okay, now I have some data. We call this wisdom, being wizened. And it is like that sword that we always speak about. Mm -hmm. How do you temper a sword? Mm -hmm. You actually have to do the doing of it. So no one's going to grow in leadership and no one's going to grow in their life by thinking about doing. Right. You actually have to back it Action. up. You know, the Pope says first we pray for the hungry, then we feed them. And it's that second practical piece that I think this environment gives us a real opportunity to look at how can we do that? How can we do that? And people who say also, I can't meditate. I will say this. First of all, most people are thinking of meditation as some weird abstract where there's nothing in your head. If you're going to attempt that kind of meditation, according to the rishis and the yogis, you have 13 years ahead of you. Good luck with that. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> it is true, though, isn't it? People tend to think that that is, there's, you're on a mountaintop. And right. Oh, you know, and, and, yeah. and that's fun. Yeah. And not so much. But it's like bad advertising. Right. Very, very much. What, what does meditation do? Meditation gives you an opportunity to empty all of the stray thoughts that come into your head so that you can focus on your breathing 
And the goal is they come in and like a spinning door, you acknowledge them and they go out. Mm -hmm. It's not for you to do anything with them. And for most of us, when we start, that's not the kind of meditation we start with. We start with the meditation that can engage our imagination. I think that's really important. It's a point that people are leaving out. Well, what is this all? Well, it's all imagination. And it doesn't matter whether you're more visual in your imagination or you're more auditory with the sounds or more digital with the words or more into the kinesthetic of the feelings of your imagination. When you imagine, you have all of them. Mm -hmm. So let's just get into using your imagination and then we can put in each of those senses to give you something to focus on. Because I have to tell you, it's not until you're in your training for seven years, until they sit you down and they tell you to put the flame in the middle of your head and to move the flame around in only the flame <laughs> and then to open your eyes and do it on a candlelit flame. I mean, that's, you know, that's not practical stuff. No. And while I gather because I went through that process, it's valuable, that's not how we learn a new skill. Right. You bring your imagination to the game and you imagine imagining whatever we're imagining instead of what you're not imagining, <laughs> if you follow that. Imagine what you're imagining. And when your focus drifts from what you're imagining, you bring it back to what you're being asked to imagine. And like a muscle in the gym, it just gets stronger. And while you're engaging in that process, so short meditations are best really short meditations. In fact, it's better to do five minutes three times a day or five times a day than it is to do an hour on a weekend. Catching up on your meditation. Right, <laughs> which I went through that phase too. Now we're going to it's meditate for two hours. What would you suggest to someone like, for instance, with me, I have a significant trouble falling asleep sometimes because I'm such an active person trying to always like create, like whether I'm doing podcasting or working mm -hmm. on a, on a mm -hmm. video or something like that, whether, whenever I'm working on projects, busy mind. I can, I, yeah. it takes yeah. me forever to shut off my brain and like I can sit in bed and I'll put on those, you know, wave sounds and things like that. And I put an hour timer on it and an hour goes by, it shuts off. And I thought it was 10 minutes and I'm in. I'm no, you know, better position than, uh, <laughs> than you than were when I, you started. Exactly. Right. So how does someone like that, someone like me, who's just constantly thinking about how to make things better or n new projects coming up or someone Hi, that just we, has, we share a brain apparently. Yeah. You <laughs> I can, it seems like I can never shut it off. Like when it's time to go to bed. <laughs> mm -hmm. One of the things, well, there's a few things that you can do. One of the simplest things in the big picture is to do what works for our kids. You actually set a bedtime routine and ideally around the same hour. Now I'm here with you because Mike and I are both night owls <laughs> and the rest of the world doesn't function that way. And so for us, we really focus on, okay, an hour before we want to be asleep minimum, the electronics are off. We're in bed, there's lighting that's relaxing. We're reading, but we're not reading anything stimulating. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that can assist in your, what I call, info dumping, 
is before you actually go to bed. One of the reasons that highly artistic people or very creative people have busy minds is, okay, well, I might forget about this, so let me think about this. Like, where am I going to put it? One of the great places is a good old-fashioned pen and paper. One night I got up and said, I'm going to do the info dump. I think I may have a few things on my head. I might have a couple of points. I might have a few things on my head. You wrote your first book that night, didn't you? Right, <laughs> pretty much. And the, the idea is you put one, one thought on a line, that's it. And 300 items later, my head was empty. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, no wonder there was some stress. <laughs> so giving yourself a place also, when I started to think about it again, then if I know it's on paper, then thank you, brain, I can prioritize this tomorrow. Thanks for holding this. And you know it'll be there this. for tomorrow. It's yeah. going to be there, so one, it's okay to let it go. To an environment that gets you into sleep, and three, to change your head, so actively read something really boring. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of Masonic books out there. So. <laughs> Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. Well, you know, maybe those 1920s yeah. dissertations. Yes. They were written in different languages. They're a little language. drier. Yeah. Um, and you know what? In, to be really honest with you, I think reading Masonic literature before you go to bed is a great idea because what we know is what you have in front of your conscious and unconscious mind before you go to sleep is part of what your unconscious mind works on the mm-hmm. entire night. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. He's sharpening up your Masonic uh, tools. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. So to put some philosophy in, to read something that's more spiritual, that's on the other side of your brain, is really, really helpful before sleep. And, and your body starts to plug into that routine. Yeah. It starts to go, okay, here's the nighttime routine. All that stuff is off. I know nothing about the company right now. This is us in a bubble and peeling the layers off to unwind just like we do with our kids. And if that starts with a hot shower, great, unless you're the kind of person where shower perks you up, mm-hmm. in which case, right. no. But if you have a hot tub and that works, <laughs> yeah. then great. So again, you're beginning to look at what you can do in a dedicated time period to pull that out and honor all those amazing creative thoughts that you have and keep mm-hmm. them safe. Yeah. I've experienced this before, or quite a bit actually. Often I'll face a challenge or a problem, mostly in, in mm-hmm. my business. And I will say to myself, you know what? I'm going to save that one for tonight and I'm going to stick it in the oven. I'm going to mm-hmm. go to sleep. I'll think about it. I'll go to sleep and see what I come up with in the morning. <laughs> you know, it sounds really silly. No, but it's like, it doesn't. Usually in the morning, it's like, oh, I never thought of that. See, it's nice yeah. you can turn that off, though, because yeah. I, I like with me, it's just the wheels keep spinning. Yeah. It's like I got to think this through before <laughs> the morning. <laughs> right. And I think that's it. So allowing the other than your conscious mind, actually allowing the creative aspect of your mind to take it to a place that your head couldn't. So you're kind of doing a handoff. Dear unconscious mind, can you solve this for me? Yeah. Like having an assistant. Yeah, you have an assistant, and to do the handoff, it has more resources because it can plug into all the resources ever in all the situations in Mm. your life. 
And that's why so many of us, how many of you have had ahas while you're taking the morning shower? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's because you're coming back into that line of flow with the thoughts that pick up because the unconscious mind does continue to process throughout the evening. As a matter of fact, if you have people in your life or maybe it's you and you wake up at 3 a.m. ish, that's because 3 a.m. is one of the hours of completion and there's also some chemical things going on. So your body will go, okay, this is as far as I got tonight while it's in the oven. And then if you wake up again at 5.30 in the morning, by in between those time periods, your own unconscious mind has said, here are the action items I'd like you to take. And so it actually wakes you up <laughs> into saying, hey, action. Get going, hurry up. Here's your list. Here's your list. Your honey-do list. And if at 5.30 in the morning, you can write down, it's helpful to have a pen, like avoid turning on the light, avoid going to the washroom. Literally just scribble and go, thank you. And then notice what you wrote in the morning. It's amazing the insight that you can bring forward mm-hmm. on challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. It is, and, lo- and really learning how to wield it. Well, that's a learning. Yeah, yeah we don't get uh, taught that in school, do we? It's not no. in the curriculum, it's not in our... I think it should be though. I agree. I, I've gone through so many experiences, my own personal experiences growing up in your you know, teenage years, as we say, some of the toughest times because you're really starting to develop and learn and grow into who you're becoming or who you mm-hmm. want to become. Mm-hmm. And I really wish that there were courses or people like yourself to talk to at school that wouldn't make me then feel like I was all alone going through it myself. Sure. Bringing on anxiety, panic attacks, depressions and the mind constantly swirling. I mean, you know, I know a lot of kids go through that. Um, so what got me through it was getting the help and going to speak and talking with others and sharing and then learning how to assess the tools I needed, mm. which was really, really, really strange and hard because it all feels so awkward and so uncomfortable. And it's, it's a fear spot that you don't yeah. want to be in. But when you can accomplish those little achievements, and like you said earlier, celebrate those little mm-hmm. little accomplishments. Um, it was as simple as I remember one one person that was helping me said, every morning, and I still practice this. I still you can ask Jackie, get up in the morning, make your bed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. even when the world is chaotic and you come home, your bed is made and you have a calm area, a safe space. You want to call it that. Yep. And you probably would just just feel more relaxed. And so. Sometimes I make my bed with Jackie still in it because I got to leave before her. <laughs> and so just, she's learned. It's she's fine. It's in. all good. Yeah, I tuck her all in nice. But it's, it's those little things. And so, again, you know. And, and I love that you were willing to learn because I think one of the things that makes this so easy for kids is all of their learning channels are still open. They're in school. They don't have an expectation to know it before they do it. Right. Once we get into adulthood, naturally, unless we're actively learning, and again, that's what I love about ritual work. Mm -hmm. Unless we're actively learning, we tend to shut down those learning channels and somehow expect that we would know it without ever having learned it. Mm. And that's the gap that causes the anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's the gap 
well, I'm smart, so I should. We, we put in all these shoulds. This expectation. Right. Yeah. This yeah. expectation that if you put your child or someone you loved in that situation, you would never expect them to be able to do something that they actually never learned how to do. So if we didn't learn it at home, and we didn't learn it at school, and we weren't mentored with it in business, then my question becomes, why do we have an expectation? Yeah, where does that come from? Where does we would from? know it. Where's that insidious voice coming up with that's, that? That's one of those mind things. Yeah. Well, if you didn't learn it, then how about we just break it down and teach you the skill you're seeking? So from our point of view, with all the tools that we work with, it's all about the skills. And if you're growing, what I also love is it means you're always learning because it presupposes that you don't yet have the skills for where you're going because you're growing. So just stay plugged in to learning. And that, that changes our whole mindset from being happy, healthy, and wealthy versus being right. Mm -hmm. Because being right, especially about something that you haven't done yet. <laughs> it's a, it's is, a bit is, arrogant almost, right? isn't it? Like it is, and I, I think it comes from wanting to save face. Mm. And yet when we put it in the frame of you're just learning a new skill, now it becomes safe again. Mm -hmm. Right, okay to make mistakes. As a matter of fact, it's mandated perfect. to yeah. make mistakes. It's not about not falling off the bicycle. Yeah. It's about being able to get back on the bicycle after you fall off. How many great athletes have said exactly that? You know, you gotta take 100 shots and miss 99 to get that great one, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's failure, it's, it, 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 it's, giving it your best, falling on your, your face or your ass, and then getting up and saying, hey, you know what? I can wipe myself off. I'm not physically hurt. Let's try it again. Right. And then when you finally accomplish those goals, yeah. wow. It's huge. Again, it's who you become by getting your goal, not what you get by getting your goal. But it also doesn't stop there, does it? Ever. You have to keep going. You have to work with that plus and that positive and then carry it forward in another example or make it part of a routine. One of the things that I think I love about working so much where with our tools, which are where the mind meets the brain and the body, so that overlapping place, is that pretty much anything is possible. It's also about appreciating, again, the how of it. How do you learn? First, we don't know what we don't know. So we are unconsciously incompetent. <laughs> and it sounds like this. How hard could it be? <laughs> cancel, cancel, oh no. <laughs> the next stage of learning, and there's only four main stages, is where we are, now we know that we don't know. You're at the job for the first day, you are consciously incompetent. You know that you don't know. And in that place, you're also codependent. So codependent isn't bad until you have a postal code or a zip code attached to it. Because that's when it takes two people to do one job. And then after you've been trained and you have some practice, then you get to the next stage, which is consciously competent. I know I can do it as long as I'm concentrating on it and as long as it, it, I'm, it's in the box. However, if it's too far out of the box, not so much. And I still need to be checked on. The last stage is when you are unconsciously competent. 
Mm. Now you just do it. Second nature. You don't think about it. You yeah. don't think about getting in the car and all the steps to drive a car unless you're learning how to drive a car. Once you've been driving a car, you get in, buckle up and drive. You don't think about all of the different mirror adjustments and you don't have the little ritual in your head about looking left and looking right and then looking <laughs> left again. You drive the car. When I was learning how to drive a stick ship, nobody could talk to me. <laughs> the music could not be on. I needed to hear and feel highly the focused. car. Highly focused. And if I got cocky, I would stall the car. <laughs> and I knew that I would get into a place where I was unconsciously competent when I could just merge onto the highway, not worry about the shifting, have the music on in the background. And six months later, one spring, I was headed over to our healing center and realized I did it. <laughs> It was like, woohoo! Unconsciously. Unconsciously. <laughs> That's like when you take long drives and you're like, how did I get to where I just got? Because I feel like I've been in the car for 10 minutes, but meanwhile, it's been an hour and yeah. everything you're just Driving just trance, the car yeah. drove the home. Driving trance. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So there are stages of learning. And when you realize there's stages of learning, then we stop looking at learning as a destination. It truly is a journey. What step am I in? And when we get to unconsciously competent, that's also interdependent, where we can work independently or we can give back to others and work as a team. So leadership happens from that place. Those are Stephen Covey's habits. Yeah, the four quadrants, I think. Right. Yeah. Also of yeah. organization. So the four stages of learning are just, what stage are you in? Right. And expect to feel like a goofball if you're just <laughs> starting. And if that's the expectation, then we can have a good sense of humor about it. Well, it's almost the requirement for learning, isn't it? Like it is. This, this challenge of humility is part of growing up. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be okay with not being okay. Mm -hmm. Right. That is yeah. the price to pay. <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody right. gets to show up on the first day and, and look spectacular. No, and I love working with kids because kids get this. If I say to them, so are you, are you able to read a chapter book yet? As we've mentioned yeah. this before, together. And they're just starting. I go, did you start with chapter books? And they look at me like I have three heads. And they roll their <laughs> eyes at me. And they go, no, Miss Kim, nobody starts with chapter books. First there were letters, and then there were words, and then there were baby stories, you know, and then we got to chapter books. Yeah. So that's really our innate DNA, is to be okay with that process, and to be supported with that. Mm -hmm. And as adults, with adult learning, is to really re-engage the child aspects where we were okay with it. Mm -hmm. Like when did we stop being okay with yeah. that? Yeah, that's, that's what I, I, I think know. we've talked about this on masonry even. Yeah, you know, think of the ritual work involved. Like, you got to start at the beginning, right? Like, it's, you think of EAs coming in and, yeah. and trying to pick up the piece. I remember when I was one and, like, I, I don't think I have the chops to be doing this mm -hmm. type of work because I got to memorize all this and not just memorize it, deliver it. Yikes. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and I think you raise a really good point. If we look at any task or skill as one piece, then nobody can do it. Yeah. You're right. But that's why break you up. come in as an Little EA bits. and you break it down and you say, your job right now is to just do this. 
But I want to, no, no, no. Your just job this. is yeah. just this. <laughs> yeah. Just this. And get the neurology of that. And that's really how we grow neurology in the body. Right. And I like to remind people that all skills involve neurology. Just like going to the gym. You don't start bench pressing no. out a gajillion pounds. Yeah. You embarrass yourself with the bar alone. <laughs> <laughs> Been there and done that yeah. many times. You know, growing, <laughs> learning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've uh, offered, as, as expected, and you always do, you kind of blow our minds with uh, deep insight. Well, thank you. That's kind. A lot of, a lot of great uh, tips and tricks. Um, for those who haven't heard Dr. Kim before, highly encourage you to go to her website, creatrixgoquantum.com. Uh, do you want to spell that, Gino? No. Okay. I do. I oh, will. Oh, here we go. Right. go. C-R-E-A-T-R-I-X, goquantum.com. Brilliant. See, Gino, you know, that, that wasn't so hard. You did a good job, out of it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, please check it out. And, uh, of course, you've got online training and, and a multitude of, of courses and great information and resources and tools. So I uh, highly encourage our audience to check that out awesome. and uh, we have a special uh meditation that uh, dr kim's going to take us through in our uh, we're going to do a separate recording of that yeah. so that it's there for our audience if you need some help with going through anything i'm sure that that will help kind of uh, give you a little bit of control in your own environment to set yourself up for some better successes and just to remember that life is fine and good so on that note i'm going to just uh read out our uh, lapel sponsor pin here so uh, this one actually is a, a local local mason uh this episode is sponsored by brother adam blaze kanapowski he's uh one of the members here at the rising sun lodge and uh, brother we thank you for your support on that and uh to everybody thanks for tuning in and travel safe Thank you for joining us for this episode of The First Three Knocks. Happy to meet, sorry to part, happy to meet again.